Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And today, iOS 17 Beta 4 is out. We got some minor changes there. I'm also traveling, so I want to talk about some more of my travel tech and chargers that I've been trying out and CarPlay on the road as the MacBook Air 15-inch flopped. And is Threads finally good? Or is it going to die? I want to know. This episode is brought to you by Notion AI and HelloFresh. And to answer all of these burning questions is my good friend, William Gallagher. How's it going, William? <laughs> well, it was fine until he said, I have to answer all this stuff. That's right. You're the one traveling. I am. Uh, I see you there on the road with CarPlay in one hand, updating the... I'm a beta behind already. Updating the beta as you go. (laughs) Your wind in your hair. I'm a bit no. I'm a beta behind too. I, 16.6 uh, came out for you know all the norms, which I have my <laughs> main iPhone on on the normal software update. So I did that, and I did my macOS. I, I forgot what Mac. What is the macOS Ventura? That's the current Ventura. <laughs> oh, I remember Ventura. One. Yeah, it feels like Ventura is like four years old now. I don't need like does, Sonoma. It? I, yes. Yeah, I don't. It's weird. But I haven't done that yet. I have not done the betas. Have you? You know, we're we're in the beta talk now, William. <laughs> How's the betas been for you? Have they been buggy? Yeah, I get the odd slight bug in macOS Sonoma, but it's so slight that I can't work out whether or not it's just my Mac or mm. the entirety of Apple's OS there. And a restart <laughs> always fixes it. So mm. yeah. just turn it off and turn it back on again. That yep. fixes 99.9% of things. Don't you find that every year when there's a new version of macOS, you, Apple says it's going to be fantastic. It's the best macOS we've ever created. And you install it and you look at it and you think, okay. Looks a little bit different, but there's not. And then after a while, you use this feature and you use that feature. Yeah, and then suddenly, yeah. if you swap back to the previous one, you can't believe you got any work done. It's true. In that. And that is actually where I am now with Sonoma. I have a Ventura on uh, one of my two Macs because Final Draft still doesn't work on Sonoma, I think. So I need a Mac. And I go back and it's just sad, really. Wow. I liked Ventura, but now it's gone. It's- I'm a. I just spilled a bunch of stuff on myself. Can you give me one minute? Yes, of course. <laughs> I was taking a drink while you were talking. I spilled it all over. Hold on. <laughs> this does actually remind me of a time I was on a panel at a conference somewhere, and I kind of threw the ball to the, the woman next to me about the topic, and she confessed she hadn't been listening to me. I'm not sure who laughed the hardest. She was embarrassed, but there were guffaws running around. It was a highlight of the day, actually. Which is when I said to the police officer, no, I am not involved in that tax fraud at all. Um, sorry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some interstitial music. And what our listeners will not have heard is the two minutes of silence of me getting up to clean myself. Because I was trying to drink this green drink that my wife made as William was talking. And I spilled it all over myself. Right. So I have uh, so, stains everywhere. Sorry. It's high A, high. you drink while I talk. And two, you think it was silent. <laughs> That's, when you're, su- that's okay. when you're supposed to drink. You're supposed to drink when the other person's talking. Ah, no style. Just water, you know, water, drink, whatever. Wait till you hear what we talked about for those two minutes. Yeah. What were we even talking about? I don't even know. Oh, we were on macOS. Okay, so here was the other thing. When it comes to features, first of all, I don't think I've enabled Stage Manager once on my Mac ever since Ventura was installed. Have you? No. Well, no, not true. I had to review macOS Sonoma when the very first beta came out, and I, I pressed every button. <laughs> you were forced. You were forced to do it back then. But then. a requirement. What's different? Well, actually, I think it is slightly neater, but I've forgotten. It's erased from my mind because, for actual use, you know, not just testing purposes, I haven't gone back to it either. Uh, so I never, I never touched it. But I, one feature I do want to say: so continuity cameras are one of the biggest features from Ventura, where you can use your iPhone as a webcam with your Mac wirelessly. Honestly, it works incredibly well. And now continuity cameras come to the TV. 
Well, one of the features that I don't think people realize is when you have a webcam or even a capture device connected to your Mac, and let's say you're using it to record a video podcast, you actually get things like portrait mode where it blurs the background of your camera. Your Mac can actually apply that to other devices besides your built-in webcam and your iPhone. So if you have like a Logitech Stream Cam webcam attached to your Mac, if you go up to Control Center, you will actually see the video device up there in the Control Center and you can apply portrait mode to that webcam. And I even had my Sony a7 IV mirrorless camera connected to my Mac directly while I was recording HomeKit Insider with Andrew. And I could actually enable portrait mode on that video feed coming into my computer. And so all of those effects, and I'm curious, you know, with macOS Sonoma, some of the effects coming to with iOS 17, like you hold the thumbs up and you get the reaction on yes. screen. Some of that stuff might actually work with external webcams and even mirrorless cameras that are not Apple devices. So just curious. It's there. They should. It's just, uh, oh, I'll tell you because it's you. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> sometimes when I'm on a certain type of video conference, like I run a writing sprint every Sunday. And uh, although it's on camera, I don't, and it's going through my Elgato face time camera whatever it's called i actually use obs the open broadcasting service so that i can insert a countdown clock while we're all writing on something mm. if you do that your obs feeds into zoom or whatever then the thumbs up and that stuff isn't working if it's just the straight elgato third-party camera then it does mm. so i'm at the end of the hour it comes it counts down to zero and i put up two thumbs thinking i'm going to look so cool <laughs> and i don't. Nothing. Yeah, but then as it happened, weirdly, at that moment, OBS also crashed. I'm on a beat of macOS. So, uh, it. so I restarted the, the Elgato camera and accidentally put a thumb up and then up came the symbols. And then it worked. So it works. <laughs> so, you know, it works. There you go. I have to say OBS, it's, a, it's amazing that that application is yeah. just free. Yes. I mean, it's so powerful, live streaming. And Virtual camera in OBS means you can actually take whatever overlays, green screen effects you're doing in OBS and push that out to any other application, be it like Riverside to record a podcast or we're just recording in QuickTime. So pretty wild, pretty powerful. Uh, I've been using it for a couple of years now to put my face in a circle in the bottom of the screen so that the rest of the screen can be the slide or the how to do it, something I want to show people. And now all that effort, learning how to do that, wasted because it comes as natural with macOS Sonoma. So, well, you, your yeah. own skills have been Sherlocked. That's yes, what that means. That's, that's have, what that means. And I've only got two skills. Okay. No, no, you have plenty of skills. No. You have the ability to use a 50-inch wide monitor and not go insane. Well, I was going to say the skill I've got is to be able to drink while talking, but, you know, even then, uh, no, you're no. telling me that's not wanted in today's world. I don't have that skill, I can tell you that. <laughs> Uh, we're so far into the show, I forgot to thank our five-star reviewer this week, Nate oh, yeah. Brown 19 from the USA, gave us five stars. Literally said in the review, William must watch Ted Lasso. That's what he said. Sorry, um, I think I've got a beta problem here. Something oh, broke dang. up. I don't think Ted Lasso then... plays on the beta. No. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you're going into a tunnel, aren't you, or something? Oh, never mind. Okay. Never mind, William. Oh, also one other piece of follow-up, which is exciting. We talked about tattoos last week, and uh, William said he has two sleeves, I believe, is what William has as far as tattoos. Okay. Do you know that vernacular? Do you know what it means to have a sleeve? Not the faintest idea, no. Oh, okay. It means when you have tattoos, like from your wrist up to your shoulder, so your whole arm is like oh, tattooed. Right. It's a sleeve. Yeah, I'll rush to do that. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. 
But I will say Techno Kitty on Instagram uh, tagged us in a photo and uh, they have some very cool tattoos. They have the six color Apple logo. And I, I can't see what there's some other tattoos on the left arm, but then they just this year got the uh, command button symbol on their right arm. Oh, Susan Kerr's choice of, uh, yeah, that's a gorgeous, I used to have a, a sweatshirt with that on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, I would, I would do that. You know, I feel like something like a, the command symbol, the option symbol might be a little obscure. I don't think anybody would understand what that is. But Do you know the origins of the command symbol? Oh, I do not, but I cannot wait for you to tell me, William. What are the well, origins? Two parts. So this one is that they were just trying to stop using the Apple symbol everywhere. Susan Kerr does all the icons <laughs> things, and she's scouring for things. And she finally, I can't remember what country she found it in, but it was some map of a country that used a symbol, either identical to that or very, very similar to that, to no, denote a, a location of, you know, tourist interest or something and she used it for that and i think she later on discovered that it is actually the drawing of a castle uh looking down on those little nobules so like four turrets oh once you know it you can see it absolutely so yes oh my that alone was the price of admission of this podcast (laughs) which was notably free but worth the price of admission (laughs) thank you right Okay. <laughs> no, I love that trivia. No, I love that. Thank you for bringing that. And also, they're wearing a NASA T-shirt. Uh, so again, double double bonus points for space stuff. All right. So like we like we mentioned. Sorry, did I tell you last week about a friend I worked with? I can't remember her age. She was a young writer when I worked with her, so probably uh, very early 20s. She was planning to have a tattoo for every single um, major event in her life. Oh. And when we finished working the project and she was off to university, I wished her a long life and much fatness so that she had the room. <laughs> for all of this stuff wow i was well that's hilarious i thought you were going to end that story by saying she got a tattoo of your face <laughs> on her that's what i was hoping oh that whoa what a thought okay <laughs> no no i would do your wikipedia photo it's very moody that black and white <laughs> as a good. portrait tattoo that'd be great that'd be great so anyway like i mentioned iOS 16.6 was released for all your devices plus there was the mac os update tvos so update all your things literally no feature updates it's just bug fixes us and security updates so that's out there but also iOS 17 beta 4 which is the developer beta the public beta should be right behind it probably by the end of the week you'll see the next public beta which would be two come out for the different devices again not many changes here there was some name drop updates and you know customizing when that pops up if you want name drop to automatically appear when you bring your phone to near other phones or not. Also, the little menu in the Messages app, which has been redesigned, if so instead of like the long scrolling Messages app thing, you actually tap the menu button and it slides up. You get quick access to camera, photos. That's been redesigned. All the little icons are now in circles. So minor redesign, but I like it. I think it looks good. And some other like minor settings updates where now you have home screen and app library as a setting menu so that looks cool uh the messages thing i don't know do you use any messages apps i don't think we've ever talked about them no i tried out check-in but um nobody i wanted to check in with was on ios 17 so it shrugged at me otherwise no i have never added a messages app um are you a fan i mean i don't think i even have i'm gonna have to look now before just to see the gif keyboard you know you have the built-in gif and images search if you yeah, want to apparently say so, yes, if you ever want to do that. Yeah. Oh, now, wait a minute. Now, I know you're morally opposed to emoji, but are you morally opposed to GIFs in messages as well? 
Uh, well, this is a weird thing. I don't like gifts, and I don't know what it is. Um, I have a, a thing called papyrophobia, which is um, it's like an OCD thing to do with small pieces of paper. And for some reason, truly who knows why, a lot of gifts trigger the same thing. I kind of twitch away from it. So I don't like it for that. No, I was going to send you a gift while you were talking, but uh, I don't want to trigger you, so... I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you later. How about this? As an iOS 17 beta user, um, I have a thing I'm not keen on and I can't work out how to change, but other people don't have it. When someone calls me now, on the phone it comes up with their first name at the top and nothing else. Uh, I haven't gone into setting up contact things and neither have they, but it just says the first name. And so since I know a couple of people with the same first name, I'm a bit stuffed really of whether i answer or not what happens if you don't have a photo set for that contact what else does it show ah uh, good point i think i do have photos for all of them but there's actually mm. got to be something wrong because it's a mostly gray screen that comes up with just their first name i'll look into That's the weird. photos i'll see because i know they're... i think now i mean the name comes up if you have a name I guess that's all that comes up in iOS 16. You don't see the little gray initials for the contact, which I, I think I have an idea what your answer is going to be. But for me, I want a photo for every contact in my phone. Yes. Just I, I don't want any gray initials for any contact. <laughs> and so I will find like, I'll be a weird creeper and like look on social media to find pictures of people that even I have just met just to find the image because I don't want any of those gray little circles. Are you that way too? Uh, I am, and I'm glad you said that bit about creepy stuff because the other day I was having problems reaching somebody and we were in the same room in the end. So I actually showed her my phone and said, is this the right number? And she looks up and there's a picture of her. Right. And, uh, there was definitely a moment. She stepped back a bit, <laughs> I think. Um, I do. Well, you know, okay. I want to know, listeners, if you do this, what is your like excuse for when someone discovers you do this? Because I've had the same thing where I will, I want pictures for everyone. Sometimes it could be yeah, slightly awkward because, you know, whether it's maybe it's one of my children's friends' moms or something, and but it's someone I have to text to coordinate like dropping kids off or whatever. I want a picture for that person too. And so sometimes like you find a picture, social media, whatever, you take a screenshot because you want to put it as a profile photo. I typically try to delete the screenshot. But then, like you're saying, if that person like texts you or worse, calls you and then that picture shows up on the entire lock screen of your phone and then everyone is like, where did you get that picture? And you do, like you said, you feel a little bit like a weirdo, but like, I just, I, I don't like any gray bubbles on my messages app or would people call me like, I like to see the picture. So I don't know. How, how do you, how do you not sound like a crazy person and still do that? I don't know. Uh, right at the top of this, you said, I have to answer everything. And right. uh, I have right. failed there. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know the answer. Oh, well, anyway, if anyone, so there used to be apps that would actually do that for you, where if you like logged in with your Facebook account and or Twitter account and give it access to your contacts, which is like the less secure private thing to do, <laughs> that it would actually cross reference the contacts in your phone. And if you had like a social media user handle in there or if you could tell from the email address that this was their Facebook account, it would like auto pull their current profile photo and put it as their contact. Yeah. I haven't used an app like that in many years because of that contact sharing yeah. privacy issue. So I don't know like if there's any new apps out there or ones that do it securely, 
But that was kind of like my old excuse. It would be like, oh, I have this app. It just does it automatically. And then people kind of like breathe a sigh of relief. They're like, oh, good. You're not like stalking my social media profile. Um, um, except, yeah. well, the right skill strike is going on in America. So quite a lot of my friends have changed their Facebook avatars to support the WGA. Quite right, right too. Right. And then and a surprising number of people I know have for a long time decided to share pictures of their dogs instead of them. <laughs> That's and another issue. <laughs> actually, uh, quite a few women I work with, uh, their main picture is uh, mostly of their kids. I mean, they're in there right. somewhere, but the bit that appears in the circles and things is just their, I don't know, Random 10 year people. old. Yeah. So <laughs> it's no help and you look worse. So. Right. You have pictures of random kids come up on your phone. Yeah. Gray is sounding okay now, isn't it, really? Right. I <sighs> might live with that. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I think I don't think Apple's going to Sherlock this anytime soon. Well, while the the contact poster and name drop is like starting to solve this because hopefully it will encourage people to put a photo for themselves, and there is also the current feature where if you add a photo to your iCloud account and you iMessage someone, you can choose to share your photo with them. And I do it. There are some people who text me, William. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this. There's some people who text me and I think they change their photo like fairly often in their iCloud account. And so I get a request like semi-regularly of like, do you want to use their updated photo? And it's like a Memoji with a slightly different facial expression. And I say, no, I want a setting where I, I don't want to use what anybody else's photo they choose for themselves. I want to choose the photo. <laughs> I want that button. You ever get that? Do you ever accept other people's photos for themselves? It's not once come up. I mean, I'm aware of really? the service, but I've never even thought about it. So no, uh, maybe I just know a lot. I know a lot of Android users or something. Oh, like that. well, you're in the, you're in the. That's why I'm not invited to the parties? Okay, yeah. Well, anyway, I, I'm not sure where that setting. Don't you ever find there's so many settings to do so many things that it just you can't get around to all of it unless you know a very dull night. Thankfully, thankfully, there is the search box now in settings, which is totally hidden, and most people don't ever yes. probably see it. <laughs> but it is there. It is there. I don't see. I must be in the messages. Share name and photo. Oh, I have it off. <gasps> so this is in the messages settings. I should choose. It'll pull your iCloud photo or a Memoji photo and then use this photo everywhere. Yes, I want to use this photo everywhere. Contacts only. So it will only share my name and image with contacts. So people I've added to my contacts or you can choose always ask. And there you go. So settings, messages, Share name and photo. Everybody turn that on. No, you don't have to turn that on. But everybody should turn it on. So this way, you know, people don't have the little gray initials. I canceled Disney Plus a few months ago because I just, I wasn't finding anything I wanted to watch on it. But my bank, um, it does, I don't know, rewards at some point and it offered me a year of Disney Plus. So I thought, why not? And uh, I've gone into that and Disney insists on giving me a Mickey Mouse avatar. And I think that's a comment on the state of my finances, but I would like to change it in some kind of way. But, you know. It can't be done. This episode is brought to you by Notion. Guys, I've been using Notion for many years now, and I absolutely love it. Not only for planning the podcast, for videos on my channel, and even for personal projects. It helps me keep organized. You can use Kanban boards, calendars, and I just love the formatting that I can do right in Notion. And what makes it all super powered now is Notion AI. Notion AI is built right into Notion, and with just a couple keystrokes, Notion AI can help you write a cover letter, turn a few bullet points into an entire blog post, and they can even help you brainstorm ideas for your next podcast episode, project, and more. Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, and think bigger, doing tasks that normally take you hours in just seconds. It can automate all of those tedious tasks. It can summarize meeting notes, 
finding next steps, and then you're free to really do the deep work and focus on the creative work or whatever it is that you really want to spend your mental energy on, let Notion AI take care of all the rest. You can use Notion AI to improve writing, summarize pages, find action items, translate into any language and more. One of the things I do is I'll take a video transcript from a video that I recorded. You can bring that into Notion AI and then ask Notion AI to give you bullet points from that transcript, make a blog post from that transcript, and even give you social media posts under a certain number of characters, all from that transcript. You can even do this with a podcast episode. I'll take my podcast show notes, bring it into Notion AI, and ask it for podcast title and description ideas. It is so useful. I use these AI tools all the time, and Notion AI is one of the best. So try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash Apple Insider. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash Apple Insider to try out the incredible power of Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. So try Notion AI for free right now at notion.com slash Apple Insider. And that link is in the show notes. You can just click it there. Our thanks to Notion for sponsoring this episode. All right, so iPhone 15, there's some rumors coming out. There was some like stock rumors, I think too, that maybe there's like stock issues because of display or camera or whatever. But the latest now is that the iPhone 15 upgraded camera, the lens is going to have a wider aperture. And so basically just an improved camera, once again, a 1.7 aperture might go to an uh, IMX sensor that captures 15 to 20% more light and better colors. And I have to say, I mean, the iPhone camera is just so incredible right now anyways, and to have it go even better, maybe even a periscope camera for that zoom lens, possibly in the iPhone 15, that was an earlier rumor. But I'm excited for it, and uh, I don't know. I think William's going to upgrade. I can tell you that right now. Um, th- I expect I will. Uh, there is also a story that it's going to be more expensive this time around. And remember, last year, despite Apple taking time in the middle of the launch to say we're not raising the prices, but they did, just not in America and China. So they weren't, strictly speaking, li- lying, but there's a big difference here in the UK. If there's an even bigger big difference here, then I might, just, you know, you got to think about these things. Uh, yeah. Economy's not brilliant here. Right. But my hope, my intention is to go for it. I'm looking forward to the always-on screen that you've completely abandoned, for example. <laughs> yes, I still don't have it enabled. Uh, and also, my iPhone is still not repaired, which I'll get to in a second. I'm still rocking a cracked iPhone. But I'm looking forward to USB-C, I feel like, most of all, and also, hopefully, the wave of accessories that Apple updates, I hope they update, actually use USB-C. I'm thinking MagSafe Duo. I'm thinking AirPods cases and AirPods Max. I'm thinking the Apple MagSafe battery pack. I just want it all USB-C. I'm just, I'm, I'm done with Lightning. I think we've had it for 10 plus years. We're good to go. All USB-C. I welcome our USB-C overlords. I'm ready. I, I'm fine with lightning. I have very few lightning things left, but I do still have some. Obviously, the iPhone's the, the big one. But um, I keep finding I've got lots of USB-C cables, which aren't what I think they are. Um, you know, this whole labeling thing of do they charge? Are they just for data? Are they just yeah. for charging, not for data? Uh, at least with lightning, you knew. Back in the old days with lightning, you knew where you stood. <laughs> yes. Old man <laughs> yells at cloud. Someone, someone said me on social media, I was talking about docs and using them with my MacBook and audio gear, which I'm going to get to in it. But they sent me the picture then calling me the old man that yelled at the cloud. <laughs> okay. I said, yeah. You're going to be that guy yelling at the cloud when your podcast doesn't record because you used a dock. But anyway. Oh, fighting gonna, talk. We'll get to that in a minute. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I will, listen, here's here's what you do with cables, okay? okay? Number one, any Thunderbolt cable that you get, make sure, don't get it 
unless it has a little lightning symbol, which is very confusing because the cable mm. is a Thunderbolt cable, but it has a lightning symbol. But don't get it without a lightning symbol on both ends of that cable. So you always know that is a lightning, or no, that is a Thunderbolt cable. <laughs> and so even though it's USB-C, so you just know. And then for USB-C cables, uh, there are some wonderful cables. I don't know if you're familiar with the brand Anchor. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to come up again later in this podcast. They have not sponsored this show ever. And I still talk about them all the time, but they have what's called the, I'll have to find these cables. It's, they're really nice cables. They're like this rubbery texture. They're thick. They work. They have like, you can get them in different colors, like teal. They have light blue. They have a light blue cable. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, William. Suddenly interested. Yes. Yeah, yes. I know. I knew you, yeah. you were checking out until I said blue. Tiny bit. I was trying to get a drink, but you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no drinking, uh, no drinking when the other's talking apparently. But these these cables are wonderful. Okay, they're the this is the Anchor six four three. I don't know why they do numbers for all their stuff because it's kind of confusing. But I'm gonna I'm gonna get this light blue color. I'm gonna send you this link in Slack so you can see it live as we record, and you can send me your you can react to it on the show. But these are the anchors. 643. They have them in USB-C to USB-C and USB-C to Lightning. And they are just uh, the most wonderful cables. And I highly recommend you can get them in light blue. You can get them in green. Okay. Well, I'm sold because of the color, but uh, right. yeah, so- sophisticated buyer here. Um, you're saying <laughs> this is the only cable I need. This is the only cable you need. I mean, this is not a Thunderbolt cable. This is just USB-C. So but- it's not the only cable I need. Well, <laughs> So now you're changing your story. I'll look- okay. Wait, you need a Thunderbolt cable for some things. You need USB-C for other things. All right. Do you use Thunderbolt for anything? Now that I think about it, do you use it for like an external SSD or something? Quite possibly, but... um, (laughs) But you're not sure. uh, uh, If it works, I leave it alone at the moment. So I genuinely am not sure what cables I've got. See, this is... All right, let's just get into it. Let's just get into it right now, okay? Because I saw the MacBook Air 15-inch in store, okay? And you actually had some news on the site. And so why don't you tell me the news? What was the uh, the MacBook Air supposed news that came out? Well, allegedly, the fact that you managed to catch one in the wild was very easy. Because according to, um, <laughs> let's face it, they're not very reliable source, digitons. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, let's be William fair. William throwing shade. No, okay. going to be fairer here. Digitimes has really good record for its sources in the supply chain. But then weirdly, uh, practically the opposite um, reputation for what it does with that information. So I don't know where this comes, but uh, it reports that the supply chain is saying uh, basically MacBook Air 15 inches of flop, that it Mm. sold 50%, sold half of what Apple expected it to sell. Now, the fact that that comes from the supply chain feels like maybe it's true. But then there's further things saying Apple uh, may cease production of the 15-inch. And I don't know, is that mm. just hyperbole for it? Uh, I mean, I don't know to believe it, but I'm really interested for this reason. The MacBook Air, fifth, MacBook Air 15-inch one is a large version of the MacBook Air. I mean, look at the quality of information I'm giving to you here. But <laughs> it's a big... You don't hear that on any other Apple no, podcast. You heard it here first tidbit right there. last. Mm. Uh, but it's a bigger screen model for someone who doesn't want to buy the Pro version, the much more expensive Pro version, which used to be the only way you get a bigger screen. Isn't that exactly the same as Apple has done with the iPhone 14 Plus, which is also 
repeatedly said to be the least well-performing, least selling yeah. model in the range. Has Apple misjudged the size of screen people want for their money? I will say personally, I have tried both sizes of laptops. You know, there's always been mostly two sizes. For a time, there was three, 13, 15, and 17-inch. And I had a friend who had that 17-inch, and that thing was a surfboard. Yeah. I mean, you could literally put some wheels on it and just ride it downtown. But I never prefer the larger size. I always prefer either the 13-inch or the 14-inch because the laptop is also usually, even if it's my main device, because there were seasons where all I had was a laptop, and I still prefer the 14-inch size because it's just 15-inch and now the 16-inch. Unless it's just sitting on a desk 99% of the time, if you're ever going to pick it up or put it in a bag, it just is noticeably bigger, more cumbersome. And the, the extra screen real estate, again, unless you're doing your full-time video editing on a laptop screen with no external monitor, I don't know who the bigger screen size is for unless you just want to see more of a spreadsheet, which might be a thing, but... I, you know, I would hold judgment on the MacBook Air 15-inch performance until the back-to-school season is over. A good point. Because I imagine there's going to be a lot of students, high school and university, that are getting laptops. And for them, that will be their main device. Maybe some of them are getting a Mac to do music production or video editing or graphic design. And that bigger screen might be beneficial. But I also feel like they might lean more towards the MacBook Pro because of things like the ports. And the screen, which I know most people are probably like, the screen doesn't matter as much, whatever. But I will say this. I was in the Apple store not getting my iPhone repaired again because, I, not that I'm bitter, but William, I literally called. I literally called. You call Apple support. You don't, you like, it's impossible to talk to someone at the physical store you're trying to call. So the support person is like, what are you calling for? Like you have to do this automated, like this automated menu thing. And they're like, what can we help you with? I can basically understand everything you have ever said. And I was like, okay, I have a repair and I'm waiting for the repair part to get delivered to the store. Can you help me with that? Let me get you a representative. <laughs> and then I sit on hold for like, whatever, 10 minutes. I do like how Apple asks you what kind of music you like to choose. Do you ever, have you ever get oh, that? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, Excellent. Oh, yeah. What, what are your choices? Well, you can choose like classical, jazz, rock, pop. Like you can choose from like <laughs> several different musical genres. And I always choose classical and it's kind of nice. Like you actually get a little bit of say in the hold music you're uh, forced to listen to. So that's nice. But anyway, after the hold music, the person says, are you waiting for a repair? I say, yes. They said, what Apple store is it supposed to be delivered to? I said, Brandon Apple store in Florida. They said, yep, it is there. You can go in and get your phone fixed. You're good to go. I said, great. I was leaving on a trip because I'm traveling right now. So I go to the Apple store confidently and the person says, you're here for the repair. Let me check on that. I start wiping my phone because you have to erase your phone to do this. And I'm literally, the pop-up just came up that says, erase your phone. And as I'm about to tap it, the Apple store guy was like, oh, oh wait, hold on a second. What was your name again? <laughs> I was like, checks and apparently... It was not delivered. The part was not in the store, and so they couldn't do the repair. And so thankfully, I didn't have to erase my phone. I canceled that process at that last step. But unfortunately, it actually signed out of my iCloud. It eliminated all my Apple Pay cards. Like I basically had to set up my iCloud account from scratch because I was so far in the process of erasing my phone. But it, it came back. Like It took maybe like a day, and everything was back to normal. But yeah, so my phone is still not repaired. 
Apple support and Apple store has got to work on their communication. I don't know what's happening there. but This is hardly the same, but since you put it in my head, um, I don't see how you can stop me other than by saying stop. <laughs> Do you remember the very first Apple Watch, this, what later became known as Series Zero? Yeah, I still have mine. Oh, I, well, I think I've got mine somewhere, but um, I was on holiday somewhere, uh, long day, got into bed, just flicked my wrist to get the um, the time to come up, and most of the watch went with my wrist, but the lid didn't. It kind of <laughs> opened on one edge down the back. And it, it was still within, I wasn't within warranty, but it wasn't that old for it, and it was clearly a manufacturing fault. So I took it to the Apple Store in Birmingham, and they uh, completely refused to fix it. And at the end of the session, um, you know, that's it. Basically, get out, they're telling me. Mm. The very last thing the guy says is, uh, you yeah, know, no problem. And I put, well, some problem, really, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, I came home, I found Apple uh, support online, and they uh, replaced it, actually, with a Series 1. Ooh. So I don't know what was going on with that communication either, okay. but uh, it was concerning. It's a little funky. And honestly, there was another option for my phone repair that you could pay $99 and they'll just ship you a new phone to your house and you ship the broken one back. Mm. And I was like, the repair was only going to cost $30. So like, I didn't want to pay a $70 unnecessarily. But in retrospect, I'm like, maybe I'll just do that next time so I don't have to deal with. Right. No, 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 no. Don't, please don't expect there to be a next time. Take better care of your devices. All right, all right, all right. So all of that to say, I was in the Apple store and I keep looking at the MacBook Airs on the table. And the 15-inch MacBook Air, it is just a wonderful piece of hardware because it's so thin, but because it's so big, it like feels even thinner and lighter than it ought to feel because of that screen size. I do feel like you, I noticed the screen refresh difference because I stare at my 14-inch MacBook Pro so much, and I do love that ProMotion. I did feel the screen a little bit like felt laggy. I'm sure you would get used to that and it wouldn't be noticeable. But the biggest thing about the 15-inch MacBook Air is if you're wanting that larger screen, it's probably because you're doing more creative work or professional work. And if you're doing more creative or professional work, you probably want different and more ports on the machine. Which brings me to my situation as I've been traveling this week. I still did a video podcast. I still did some recordings and video. And there was a moment where I was using every port on my MacBook Pro. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. So skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. If you look at your podcast player right now, I'll actually put a picture of my family cooking several HelloFresh meals all at once. We had some friends over, so we just decided to make a bunch of the recipes that came in a box. They were all delicious. Everyone was able to participate. I love how HelloFresh has these amazing recipe and instruction cards. It gives you the step-by-step, -step, everything you need to make it. Even my kids participate and make some of these meals. And they're all delicious. One of the ones we made was this burger that had this garnish on it. It was this red garnish Gouda cheese burger. Everything was delicious. Just loved it. And we also did a pork tenderloin with like an Asian sauce on it and rice. Loved all of it. HelloFresh offers chef-crafted seasonal recipes with their new fresh and fit summer menu. And HelloFresh brings those flavors right to your door. And HelloFresh offers more than just delicious dinners. It's now easier than ever to skip that grocery trip because you can add snacks, sides, and more to your weekly order. Simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 items. 
And with HelloFresh, you have it all, free time and fresh, tasty food. They take care of all of the meal planning, deliver the ingredients, and when you're ready to cook from your HelloFresh box, they're ready in just 15 minutes or less. Plus, HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout. I love HelloFresh. I love making it with my family, and it's just some of the most delicious food, honestly, way better than takeout. So go to HelloFresh.com slash AppleInsider50 and use the promo code AppleInsider50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash AppleInsider50 and use the promo code AppleInsider50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That link and promo code is in the show notes. You can click it there. I'm sure you'll love it as much as I do. That's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Our thanks to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. I had an audio interface connected to one USB-C port. I had an external SSD plugged into a second USB-C port. And then I had my mirrorless camera in webcam mode plugged into the third USB-C port on the MacBook Pro. Already, you wouldn't be able to do this with a MacBook Air, save for a dongle, and I will get to that in a minute. I'm charging with MagSafe. I am literally using wired headphones because that's what I do when I podcast. No latency, don't have to worry about battery. I use the SD card slot to import video footage and even the HDMI port for an external monitor because when you, I did a live webinar, and it, for a webinar, I need to be able to see the person I'm doing the webinar with and also screen share, so I needed another monitor. So literally every port on the MacBook Pro, and I find with a MacBook Air, unless you go the dongle route or a dock route, which I don't prefer, like it, you're just not gonna have the same flexibility and power that you would with a MacBook Pro. And for all of the people, because I, I tweeted and I threaded and I, I put it on all the social media, I put a photo of my setup with my MacBook Pro, all the ports, and everybody, including you, Dan Benjamin, who's been podcasting for like 300 years, he was like, ah, just use a dock. You just get just get a Thunderbolt dock. You only need one cable from your computer to a dock, and then you put all that stuff in the dock. Okay, I've got to say, the uh, derision you're putting into the word dock in every <laughs> sentence is, um, okay. Listen, here's the thing. Here's, here's what people I feel like maybe don't understand. Number one, I am very much a redundancy nerd and I try to have the least amount of points of failure in any setup. Hmm. And if you're doing a video podcast per se, you have video gear and audio gear separate. I had it separately. You know, it's not just like uh, A10 Mini Pro, you know, just with video and audio in it. I have two different devices and I want that directly in my MacBook Pro. I don't want anything between my camera or the microphone and audio interface and my MacBook Pro that that introduces another point of failure. And so a dock is literally that. And it's one point of failure that will affect all of the accessories connected to the dock. So if something about that dock failed or loses connection, I lose my video and my audio and whatever else I have plugged into that dock, even if it's like power. Like, no. And also, when you talk about throughput, you can't use a USB dock because there's just not enough data throughput for things like, you know, video streaming and audio and all that. So you can use a Thunderbolt dock, but even then, why? And I don't know about Thunderbolt, like the controllers, like I don't know how many actual like Thunderbolt streams of data is coming into the MacBook Pro. I think it's at least two, one on each side, because you do have a Thunderbolt on the right side and two Thunderbolts on the left side of the physical computer. But I would rather try not to jam all that data from both a video streaming from my mirrorless camera and audio coming in from an interface in uncompressed wave, recording it on my MacBook. Like I want that in separate Thunderbolt 
I don't know, for lack of a better word, like avenues into my computer rather than trying to jam it all into one dock and then through a single cable. While convenient, I'd, I'm not about it. And that's why I love the Mac Studio at home because I can connect my audio interface, my video interface, and multiple uh, peripherals directly to the Mac Studio because those ports are just built in. And I don't, I can use a dock. I still use a Thunderbolt dock, but I do that for like external SSDs that are not mission critical, that don't affect recording and all of that. But that's, that's how I feel about docks, William. That's how I feel. How do you feel about docks? Well, no, let's no, keep, let's just keep, you're, you're the patient here. Let's talk about you. We okay, have a few okay. minutes left in our 50 minute hour. How uh -huh. long have you felt? Is there anything in childhood <laughs> that may have prompted? <sighs> You know, honestly, so I worked full time in a job where live video was like the job. Like it was my job to keep this live video stream up and running. And there were so many times where one piece of equipment would fail and it would just botch the whole line. And it would be me like, like underneath servers pulling out SDI cables and trying to figure out what can I bypass to make this work and just if put a thumbtack over here and a paperclip holding this just to make it work for this one hour that I need the video to work. And so I just, I don't like uh, points of failure. I want the minimum amount of points of failure. I, I use a Bluetooth mic called a Smart Mic by Sabine Tech, something like that. And it's very small, smallest Bluetooth mic I've seen, very unobtrusive. Sound quality is fantastic, but I could cry at the problems with it uh, to the extent that I actually I ditched it for a couple of months worth of filming but this week as we speak I had to record something outside and I couldn't carry all my gear with me I couldn't use external mic so I tried it and uh, it fell at the first hurdle I wept for a bit <laughs> it started working and I'm thinking back away just use it and it recorded perfectly except for some reason and who knows why it cropped out one word from a key part of the video and about oh. three words from later on. Later on oh. in the video, I was actually able to just skip that and put some B-roll over it to hide the mess. But uh, that one word, I nearly had to reshoot the whole thing uh, because of oh. that. And it was it was very upsetting. See, and it's wireless too, right? Doesn't it like wirelessly transmit? Yeah. it's. I mean, when it works, it's fantastic. I just... See, wireless, yeah. I don't like, I don't, even that, maybe it's trust issues. I don't even trust wireless. I got hardwired Ethernet into my Mac studio. I'm not using any wireless anything. I don't know. I just, just don't trust it. All that to say, I really like my 14-inch MacBook Pro, and I'm a MacBook Pro guy as much. Oh, actually, sorry, one more thing about the display on the 15-inch MacBook Air. Am I right yeah. that it's actually dimmer than uh, the MacBook Pro? Yes, I believe so. Right. It's not an. I don't think it's an HDR screen. Right. Where the MacBook Pro is, so I tend to find that uh, people enthuse about ProMotion, particularly on the iPhone and things, and I, I just, I can't see the difference. But I am very conscious of how gorgeous my 14-inch MacBook Pro screen is. So I would right. like it to be bigger when I'm video editing. You're right, but. That same video, I was actually doing it to practice this thing of getting text on screen that goes behind you and out the other side and stuff. Right, so between right. you and the actual background and stuff. And that worked fine. But I would like to have seen that a bit bigger all of the time. So Sure, sure. All right. Well, a quick update on uh, a threads. I know William is just prolific on threads. I think he has like two posts total. Uh, they <laughs> they had it's, it a chronological time. 
not my so fault. What do you mean it's not your fault? Well, I, Are you not running your account? Well, I, uh, it's an account thing, yes. I switched over to the Apple Insider account because I was publishing lots of things for them. And the number of steps it went through and the schlepping back and forth, I just I left it there, really. So oh, I'll, okay. I'll get back to it some point uh-huh well now there is actually a chronological timeline available to those using threads oh. so if you just want the timeline of people you follow and not see all the algorithmic brands uh, coming into your feed you can do that now but it is the most convoluted method of finding this follower only feed so to do this make sure you're on the latest app update for threads you Tap the logo at the very top of the screen, which used to refresh the feed, but now it actually brings up the little menu for you and following. And you can swipe back and forth between that. Every time you leave the app and go back in, it will reset back to the for you uh, timeline, of course. But that is how you access it. You tap the threads logo at the top, swipe over to following, and then you can just see the people you follow. So it is there. It is just very hidden. Also, Twitter rebranded uh, to X, and I don't like it. It's, I think it's silly. That's all I'm saying about that. Uh, there's every possible way to mock it and stupidity in just <laughs> hundreds of ways. I, I mean, I think particularly the one that gets me is because we are now not supposed to say um, tweets. We're supposed to say Xs, uh, and specifically no. X apostrophe S, although there's, there's no, it's not a mission, there's no letter missing, it's not a possessive. And I presume it's the same with tweeted becoming xed so this week i had to quote um linda yaccarino uh, the new ceo uh she said something about it and then so the, there was her quote and it i had to say after it that she quote xed x manager linda and if she ever leaves and i quote her i'm gonna have to say her quote and then xed x X manager doing it. It's just why William? I just it's so silly. I said I wasn't going to say anything else about it, but I just feel like the name Twitter. I mean, it really feels like they're just trying to make everyone leave the platform almost on purpose. But Twitter was like one of the few things left of the soul of that app. I feel like it had nostalgia. It actually had like cultural weight. Yeah, like a tweet which would could be from the president of the United States or some other government official. Like there was a, a gravitas, I feel like, and also a, a whimsy, like the bird logo. There's a, a John Gruber like retweeted a, an article or I forget what it was, but about like the whole creation of that logo when they redesigned it from the original bird to the current bird. And honestly, it's a beautiful logo. Like it just looks great. The blue was always very pleasing. And so I just feel like this is meh. The, uh, 20 or more years ago, somewhere in the late 90s, Elon Musk apparently tried, uh, I can't remember the details of this, but some sort of uh, maybe a financial service or something. And I think he even bought the name X.com. PayPal. Uh, oh, PayPal, right. At some point in the stage, it was going to be called X. And he's obviously just wanted to get back to that. And I read a line somewhere saying that he had intended to use Twitter as an accelerant to take him to getting X doing what he wants this everything app so the tweeting stuff is of no interest to him it's anything else he can get users Mm. but then i also saw a headline that said elon musk is playing five-dimensional chess with this idea i think maybe but he's losing (laughs) at five-dimensional chess so i don't i don't think no at at best he's playing hexagonal chess (laughs) which cgp gray has a great video about actual hexagonal chess like you can do it have you played alice chess ever 
No, what is that? Uh, you have two boards, and as you move the piece on one, you have to put it down on the other board for it. Uh, it does your head in. It's brilliant. That's um, what it feels like to podcast with you, William. I don't even uh, understand. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, let's talk about travel. Let's talk about travel real quick before we uh, we end the show. So I've been traveling, been road tripping, and so I have some MagSafe thoughts. I think I talked about this on HomeKit Insider two episodes in a row, but I have the Anchor 3-in-1 MagSafe Cube, mm. and I love it. It's really cool. It's very compact. It has a USB-C on the back. You plug it in. It can charge your Apple Watch, your AirPods, and your phone all at once. The phone is at an angle. You can adjust that angle. And it actually fast charges the Apple Watch. And it fits the Apple Watch Ultra. I tried that. Obviously, that's the one I have, and I'm bringing it everywhere. And so for a travel charger, I like it. It's a little pricey. It's like $150. And so maybe you also want to use this as like your main bedside charger. I think it would work for that too. But yeah, I like it. And it's replaced the MagSafe Duo finally after, what, two or three years where I used the MagSafe Duo every time I traveled. I'm now going to use this Anchor Cube officially. I like the look of it. I hadn't seen it till you were showing photographs of it, but I did quite yeah. fancy it. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. And then also, as we've been road tripping, I have to say CarPlay, which I've only yeah. recently come to know because of uh, the CarPlay like aftermarket screen that I can put in the car. I really love it. And doing it on a road trip, it's actually it worked out great because if my wife is driving, I'll have my iPhone connected to the CarPlay screen. And so I can actually get directions and search for things and then put the directions with multiple stops on the screen. Uh, no, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute there. Yeah. That means, so your wife is driving along, there's this CarPlay screen showing you where to go. Yeah. But every single tap on your the watch to say turn left or warn something's coming up is on your wrist, not hers. That is true. That is true. Yeah. It is, it is kind of annoying, but... I don't think she really looks at the taps. Like it's really the visual of like lanes, especially if you're on highways, you know, to know which lane you need to be in. It's been working out. I will one request. I understand why this is this way, but when you have directions up on CarPlay, if you look at your iPhone screen for Apple Maps, and it's the same way in Google Maps, you just see the next step by step directions yeah. of the route you're on, but you can't add a stop on the phone. Or like search for anything in maps on the phone God, without you can't ending. Weave the navigation. lanes, crash into other no, cars. No, in this particular in this particular situation where my wife is not operating the CarPlay from her phone, it's on my phone. I want to be able to add a stop without turning the directions off because she's looking at those. So, and you can add a stop on the CarPlay screen even while the directions are running, but you have to touch the CarPlay screen to like search for a stop, type on that screen and all that. And like, if they let you do it on that screen while you're driving, I would think that you should be able to do it on your phone screen. So that's just a feature request. I would love to be able to add a stop, search for a stop to add from the iPhone as well as the uh, CarPlay screen. But You can't just ask Siri to do it for you. Ah, uh, Siri in the car does not work well for me, which yeah. I know you now have a story about Siri in the car. So tell me, what have you discovered? I do like the fact that with iOS 17, you don't have to say, hey, Iris, anymore. You can just say, Iris. Love all that. Right, right. Uh, and I use it extensively, and it's great. But I am finding in the car quite often, I've started driving off somewhere, and I say, Iris, share my ETA with, name the person. And it oh. will really, really often go, you can't do that while you're in the car. <laughs> when else? When are you going to do that? Yes. And the killer for me is... Um, 
I, I, I don't know if you realise, you know, there's that, uh, there's that button at the bottom left of CarPlay that lets you switch between different views of the screens, right. yeah? If you press and hold on that, it triggers Siri. Uh, so you press and hold on that, wait for the Siri argument to come up, and then say what you want, and it goes, oh, right, yeah, I can do that, and off it does it. So <laughs> usually works by speech, always works by pushing the button, so... Okay, push the button. Push, push the button. Push yeah. the That's button. what we want in this... Push the button. In this wireless world, we want button pushing. That's right. That's right. And finally, I just want to mention, when you search for a business, let's say, on your in Safari, you know, nine times out of 10, if you have Google as your default search engine, it's going to show up business info, but any links for directions to that business is going to automatically go to Google Maps. And... If you're like me and possibly William, where we mm -hmm. like to use Apple Maps, yeah. then it'd be nice if you could open that directly in Apple Maps without having to like copy the address or then search again in the Apple Maps app. And so there is an app called Mapper, M-A-P-P-E-R. I'll put a link to this app in the show notes. It is $2.199. It's number 18 in utilities right now, but it basically lets you tap on a business info in Safari in like Google. And it will open the Google link, the Google Maps link in Apple Maps. So you don't have to copy and paste anything. You can just find that business in Apple Maps just by clicking the search results that you found in Safari. Excellent. And it's a great little utility. Yeah. I have just bought it while you said that. <laughs> Instant go. sale. Thank you Inst very much. Insta buy. Yes. Yeah, it's just, it's a wonderful because I guess there was a way to have like a shortcut reformat the Google Place links with latitude and longitude, but they keep changing the links. And so those shortcuts aren't as reliable. But this utility uh, is apparently like it's m more reliable and it works most of the time. So, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Most of the time. Okay, Listen, so now you're wait. changing your story again. No, I didn't, I didn't say it was 100%. I trusted you. Ever. No, listen, it is worth it. I mean, $2. $2, support your local developers. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great application. It's worked, I think, every time I've tried it. I'll say that. I just don't want to make a blanket statement. You know, I don't like to generalize. You don't want to make <laughs> okay. a hasty. You know about logical fallacies. You don't want a hasty generalization. Yes, and syllogisms and uh, the right. need Ad for allegedly. Yes, you know, we've got uh, them all. Yeah, exactly. you, you got know, the red herring. Language. You got the red okay. herring. You got the, uh, the, the scarecrows. I think the we're going further and further away from this. No, you just <laughs> yeah. made that one up, didn't you? I don't know. MacGuffin the or the mulligan? No, I said MacGuffin. You threw in mulligan, which mulligan I think is Mulligan is, just... uh, is when you're golfing and you make a mistake. You say, can I have a mulligan? And I think you like get a do-over for free or whatever. Okay. That's a right. mulligan. Yes. That's, uh, what, that's what it is. I'm, I'm quite sure it is. Yes. I uh, know. Here it is. Thank you. Definition. It's an informal word, M-U-L-L-I-G-A-N. Listen, you get vocabulary on the Apple Insider Show. You, this is, you don't get this on other shows, okay? An extra stroke allowed after a poor shot not counted on the scorecard <laughs> in golf. That's a mulligan. That's just making up the rules as you go, isn't it? That's what it will. It's giving somebody a pass. You know, sometimes you need a freebie in life, William. Sometimes you need a freebie. Okay. Anyway, that's the show. Thank you, everyone. Let us know if you have any cool Apple Maps or Map Utilities, like Mapper. Love to know. And, uh, you know, how you feel? About, how do you feel about Docs? I had some strong feelings about Docs this episode. Did I would love you? to know if I'm... <laughs> I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> I'd love to know if anyone else shares my strong feelings about Docs. You can uh, you can tweet, thread, Mastodon, uh, Facebook, Carrier Pigeon, Instagram. You can send us a Vine. 
Uh, I think that's still around. Live Journal. However you want to contact us. All William and my social links are in the show notes. You can contact us there. And of course, as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.